All right, let's go ahead starting. What's up, guys? This is another episode of the Rayshon Gatson Anime Podcast, or R-Gap for short. And on today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Dragon Ball Super Broly, the movie. With my pals, Kyle and Hayden, we'll be telling you our three favorite moments and also our least favorite moment. So if that has you interested, then sit back and enjoy the ride. I was expecting that. Nah, we don't do copycat shit over here. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, are you saying I'm a copycat? Because I ripped no, I'll be feet? copycatting you, but you know, right, right, right. Okay. if you took it that way, if you okay. took it that way, that's what it meant. <laughs> right there, pal. All right, before we get started talking about the movie, I just want to give you guys the opportunity to introduce yourselves and also tell us your favorite manga artist. Bada boom. Either Hayden, one of you would know. you like to go first? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I read manga. I never pay attention to the artists. I'm like, who makes it? I read them just for the pretty pictures. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I mean, the manga there. Uh, honestly, if I go manga, it's Berserk. I started getting into Berserk about a year ago, and I have uh, been going too ham into it that I should be, honestly. It's it's so good. Have you guys read Berserk? No, I can't read. I've, I've, I've read Berserk. I've actually watched it too. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. Only thing I don't like is how they did the black bitch. I mean, the black girl. But it's just, it's just crazy. It is. I love. Other it. than that, everything else was pretty good. I'm gonna get slandered by anybody because I should know his name. Who the manga artist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really big. He passed you, away a while ago. Who? Mm-hmm, he like, I'm surprised you can read that manga and not know his name. But you know, I just, I, I read that both of you guys right now don't know his name. Is that? What <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you talking about, man. Kentaro <laughs> right. Miura, that's his name. Kentaro, yeah, like solid name, solid yeah. name. Uh, my name's Kyle. I host a podcast called Dragon Ball Super Dope. For real? Uh, shut the hell up, Rayshon. Rayshon's frequently on my show. And I love having Rayshon as part of my crew. Can't say gang, because, you know. Anyway, my favorite manga artist. Obviously, the pick would be, like, everyone's going to be like, he's going to say Kira Toriyama, because Kyle only watches Dragon Ball. That's mostly true. However, I do love the art style of Rumiko Takahashi. Uh, Ranma One Half is, like, my first anime. I was going to say that. <laughs> you knew I was going to pick Rumiko Takahashi. Yeah. I, I love, like, that's my first... Um, version of anime that I took in as a mm-hmm. kid, you know? So, like, when I think of anime, I think of that. Like, Dragon Ball's its own... It's Dragon Ball's anime, yeah, but Dragon Ball's, like, a different thing to me. The first experience with anime for me was Ranma. I absolutely love her art. The manga is much better than the television show. First three seasons of the TV show was great, and then it gets fucking not very good. But the manga is beautiful throughout, and so is her art. Rimiko Takahashi for the win. Woo! From one half is a amazing show. I like the show, but it does surprise you a lot. Some of the times you think they're about to unveil a, a crazy new move, and then you find out it's some bullshit. <laughs> You're like, oh, anything so goes time, school he- of martial arts secret technique. Ready, set, 
run away. <laughs> just yeah. be someone stupid. Or like, what's his name? His whole like secret attack being like a grenade. You like, are you serious? Like, oh, <laughs> the Bakusai Tenkast, the breaking point technique, and he like goes to break Ranma's human body, and then it's like, nah, you can't do that. You can only use it on rocks and shit. It's like an old farming technique from mm-hmm. feudal Japan. Yeah. You learned that from um Cologne. What's her name? Mom. Sh- it's Cologne, uh, Shampoo's grandmother. Yeah, Shampoo's grandma. Hey, oh, great evidence mom, that uh, I know another anime in and out, okay? This is great. No, get it on record. I'm happy to be talking about this on the Rayshon Gatson Anime Podcast. Finally, yes. You get to talk about other anime than just Dragon Ball feels so <laughs> in a box. But it all right. weird. Bro, uh, I feel like I thrive talking about Dragon Ball. Other things, I'm flounder most of the time. I might have just like, exceeded the limit with all the stuff I said about Ranma, but thankfully, we're not talking about Ranma today. We're talking about Dragon Ball. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and start talking about the movie. First thing I'm going to go ahead and do is the synopsis. What is the movie about? I know we are like, dang, he used the ACT word right there. All right. What, synopsis? What the fuck is the ACT? That, do you mean the SAT? ACT? You never took the ACT? You mean the SAT? It's SAT and an ACT. The hell's an ACT? It's a different kind of uh, test. It's I'm old, dog. Like, technolo- like not technological. It's like the same that. type of college accepting test. Yeah. Like it's just one focus more on writing and the other one is more on math and science. Yeah. College I don't know. test. Yeah, I'll be real with you guys. You know me both well enough to know that I ain't much of a college man. So. Well, you know, you ask a question, you get you you learn something new today, right? You're right, but I just wanted to make sure you weren't mispronouncing SAT. Mostly, is what that was. <laughs> All right, what is the movie about? It is set after the events of the Universal Survival Saga, basically the Universal Tournament. The film follows Goku and Vegeta as they encounter a powerful Saiyan named Broly. The film also chronicles the history of the Saiyans and the background story of these three Saiyans Pacific with different destinies that somehow connect through their turbulent period in their race. Yeah, you got through that. (laughs) With this coming together into a massive battle. And that's basically the movie. You get three Saiyans coming together to fight. The only thing that I didn't mention is that there is a mastermind that makes all of this happen. That seems sort of kind of important to the plot. And his name is Frieza. Do you guys have anything else you want to add to my summary since you got a lot of stuff to say, Kyle? No, man, this ain't my show. You're doing a good job. Sorry, I'm just. You got something to add? You think I? No, man, I went to the I went to the store before I came home. Okay, I went to the. I was sipping on a little. uh, What about you, man? A little laffy taffy. You you can't forget the opening. What was it? Like 30 minutes where I was like detailing like Bardock and all that. The things that led up to the intro of Dragon Ball. You know, Bardock Mm -hmm. story, Paragus, and King Vegeta was like, yeah, no, I don't want this kid to be better than my kid. But send him off so he'll die to vamp and all that so you gotta I feel like that needs to be in there because that is not important but at the same time it's important. Okay I like that you added that in there we kind of do get to see a jealous side to Vegeta's father but is it jealousy because I feel like what he was trying may have trying to prevent kind of happened low key because he's like this person is going to be controlled by his power and cause like devastation to everyone and he damn near did that so I'll give King Vegeta a little bit, but he was a little like, how much is his power? Uh-uh, get that nigga out of here. Uh-uh, I don't need nobody hearing that. 
Oh, that would have been great. Had they had King Vegeta be like, it's over 9,000 way too soon, just to add that meme into it. That would have been hilarious. But I, I know Kyle <laughs> wouldn't like it because we, me and him are kind of on the same, of, on it, on Bardock being kind of changed a little bit through this movie. And I was like, oh, well, you're kind of sitting there like, well, if Bardock was this nice, why didn't nobody say that? Like this abnormal, like different saying. But it kind of goes with the instincts of how. Goku could be different a little bit, but it's still like, but it takes away that the fact that the earth changed Goku, you know what I mean? So it kind of changes the um, whole dynamic of how we feel made Goku who he is. But I'm going to let you go ahead and speak on that, Kyle. Yeah. While we're on this idea, right? The whole recap really is the retelling of Dragon Ball Minus from 2013. Dragon Ball Minus was like a B side. to I think the last chapter of Jocko, the Galactic Patrolman, and it's just a soft retelling of Goku's getting sent to Earth. And Bardock seems to be a real swell dude, like swell enough to have a wife. Like that was the big notable thing about it was that we finally saw Goku's mom. We met Gine. So to see it on the screen is it's it's cool. I mean, it's just a, a soft retelling of that and then integrating Broly and Vegeta and Broly. Like, in all honesty, man, and it's more evident in this movie than to say it is in the OG movies where – you know, Broly's that guy who hates him because he's crying and he just yells Kakarot all the time. Vegeta's uh, really the person who's got beef. Him and his whole goddamn family are the people who have beef with Broly. Not so much Goku. Um, so, like, I like that they kind of weave Vegeta in by way of Broly and vice versa to kind of tie all three stories together because they roughly happen around the same time. True. Tell, use the retelling of uh, Minus. We freeze it into the beginning because he's so integral to what the Saiyans were back then. And then have that kind of be the basis jump forward however many years the the retelling that's not even really retelling that the flash cut you know it's like here's goku as a kid he's hopping around on screen he's punching shit here's vegeta on screen he's punching some shit too he's blowing stuff up and then it morphs into the current day animation style of this movie and then it's them fighting and sparring near like bulma's uh island or whatever the fuck mm-hmm it's so well done. Like the first 30 minutes of this movie is sheer Dragon Ball fan orgasm. Yeah. I love one thing that you're kind of breaking up is the animation. They, they brought in the big guns for this movie. Not that much for the newer movie, but this movie, they said we're, we're pitting our budget in this because the, the animation style, just the way they move. And when I first watched this movie, I was really into how Goku movements were. But when I rewatched it the second time, I think I liked how Vegeta was moving, like how his like movements were when he was fighting um Broly. I feel like I didn't really pay attention as much. But I can but one thing I will say is I can see how why they're too different in fighting. Because Goku is more like spontaneous. You don't know what he's gonna do in the fight. Vegeta is more tactical if you fight Vegeta for about five to ten minutes I feel like you'll be able to kind of predict his movements and I don't think you could do that with Goku but that's just my take no I feel you dude uh Goku does adapt on the fly a little bit uh I wasn't able to watch the whole movie before we got together today just a lot going on but I did watch like a handful of sequences clips and one of the things that I did watch is that Vegeta Broly fight so like I know that you gave us the assignment before we showed up tonight, like top three things we liked, I think is how mm-hmm. I took the assignment. And one thing we didn't like, and we just touched on two of them real quick. The animation <laughs> style of this movie, now mm-hmm. Hiro Shintani 
taking over for this movie and them doing a much simpler kind of Dragon Ball style than what the Yamamoto. Oh my God, dude, this is Yamamoto. I'm not sounding such a fucking fraud right now. You know, that other guy who did the movie designs and then did designs for Super Yamamoto. Yamamoto. I said Yamamoto. God damn, guys. Anyway. Those Yamamoto designs, like those long, angular, stiff-looking things that like you think of in late Dragon Ball Z, the Dragon Ball Z movies, and to an extent, modern-day Dragon Ball Super, I think they took a very intentional direction to like make the animation style simpler in this movie. And I loved the idea at the time because a lot of problems they ran into, a lot of animation problems they ran into with Dragon Ball Super was because they had problems finding animators who could fit that style of Yamamoto with the straight angular lines and the big, you know, big tough muscles, whatever. So the idea was we simplify it a little bit, make it a little bit more rounder, a little bit more fluid, and we can draw from a bigger pool of animators and we'll have more people to be able to work on whatever the next movie, the next show, whatever it is. And it paid off in spades in this movie, man. It comes out so beautifully. This style is so goddamn good. And I just don't understand why they did an about-face two years later to make the superhero movie the dumb-looking animation that it, the CGI video game animation that it is. It's frustrating as hell. I, I, I don't know. It, 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 the only thing I can think of is the Broly movie just cost it more to make. And I guess they were like, we're going to have to do a cheaper way with the animation, because that's the only thing I can think of, because this Maybe. movie is so much superior. Like, I mean, the quality. The 3D style of superhero lends itself to the same idea, though. It's like we're going to have more people we'll be able to hire because we have this style, this computer animated style. We're going to be able to have more people be able to work on it more uniformly for a more consistent style throughout. Instead of having like lead animators for big chunks of the movie or big scenes of the movie, there's a little bit more consistency in what that animation looks like. And I assume there's also a cost cut for that as well. And also, since Modern Day Dragon Ball came back with, uh, you know, Battle of Gods movie, They've been fucking around with the 3D stuff a ton. Not always successfully, dude. There's some really bad 3D-ish kind of sequences in the Battle of the Gods, the the Beerus and Goku fight. Mm-hmm. And it looks janky as hell, man. Like, obviously, it looks better, much better, you know, eight, ten years later than it did then. But, like, I think 3D animation's always been on the radar for them. And then the other thing is there's so many other anime properties in Japan who have taken and adapted the same kind of CGI uh, CGI style that... For them to do it around the same time as everyone else, like it's it's less of a gamble. Like Lupin the Third did a, a animation, a 3D CGI animation movie, whatever you want to call it. They did one like two years before the superhero movie came out. So like people are sort of used to seeing, at least in Japan. I mean, I think obviously worldwide as well. I think most people dealt with the animation well enough. Maybe not loved it, but dealt with it. People are used to seeing that old style of animation kind of getting updated for the modern day. So I understand the thought process, but also it don't fucking look good. And especially compared against like you went from the best Dragon Ball aesthetic to the absolute worst. And it's it hurts. I feel it. But now go ahead. Moving on to our three likes. I'm going to let you go ahead, Hayden, go first, because I haven't heard you say anything in a minute. <laughs> yeah, sorry I'm talking so much, dude. I fucking have feelings, you know? It's okay. Everybody's allowed to. It's okay. <clears throat> my One of my biggest things, I, growing up, I, my first introduction to Dragon Ball was the Broly movie whenever I was younger. Okay. I had a friend, I had a friend, like the original one, 
where I had a buddy say, hey, do you want to come over and hang out for the night? Yeah, sure. What are we going to do? We watched Dragon Ball. Have you seen Dragon Ball? No, I don't know anything about Dragon Ball. So we watched Dragon Ball, uh, Super Saiyan, Legendary Super Saiyan Broly. And I fell in love with Broly in those short, that very short movie comparatively to Dragon Ball. And I love the fact that they redid Broly. He's such a, a phenomenal, phenomenal is the wrong word. He's such a good non-canon character. The people loved him enough. They brought him into the canon, made him an actual character as opposed to, I hate Kakarot because he cried. And now it's, you know, he has more character development to him, has depth to him. And he actually is his own unique character. That's a child with the power to, snap your neck in an instant. I love the way they've done it. Like even in Dragon Ball Super Superhero, I like the movie. I like the way they portray the characters and all that. I love the way they've done Broly because he's innocent with not to him just because he's he's a destructive three-year-old. That's what he is. And I love that. In reality, he's actually a 40 year old version who I think is kind of on the spectrum, but yeah, (laughs) three-year-old kids, same thing. I work with kids. He reminds me, I work with kids. He reminds me of a lot of my kids I work with. Were your kids on the spectrum? None of them, actually. They're all four- and five-year-olds that don't understand anything. May as well be then. <laughs> See, the thing about... Y'all keep talking about, like, Broly's not the same with, like, the crying Goku. But, like, right right before they was about to fight, you had Goku talking and Broly just getting pissed. So, like, it's something about Goku he don't like. Like, I don't, like, I don't know what it is or, like, what's going on if they were just trying to add that in there. But I remember, like, watching that and it was like... Freezer was going there basically explaining and then you just have Broly behind him like and then Goku talking and he's just getting mad. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, like but also in that, it's whenever he did the bind thing to it, he was trying to talk Broly down and it worked for a minute. I can't remember exactly why. It could have just been me Broly's like, Yeah, shut up, but he did at least kind of appeal to him, showing that I don't think you're bad. You got goodness to you. You just Frieza. Yeah, but Goku treats everybody that fights him like if he can if he can pull out any good in you so that we can fight again another time, he's going to try it. It's like you're gonna have it like you're gonna have to be like super bad. Like I don't even know you gonna have to like I would say kill Chi Chi at Goten, but I feel like he'll still be like I see something in you. Like, what? <laughs> but that's just the type of person Goku is and. I will respect. I could hang out with someone like Goku. But my first like, I'm going to have to go to partially the beginning. I kind of missed talking about him in my um summary of the movie. But I like the moment where the scouters were introduced when they basically bring when Frieza brings the scouters down to the um, Saiyan plant. And he basically like pits one on. And you can, and he basically just starts killing like all the Saiyans that are like hiding, like trying to attack. I don't know if they were trying to attack him. I think they were, if I remember correctly. And then like he just started just like zapping them like they were nothing, bro. I just love Frieza and how he just boss. And this was the first introduction of Frieza. Like they didn't even know who Frieza was before this because this was Cold King Cold basically giving the reins to Frieza and Frieza just coming there showing like yeah. Uh, this is a new ruler, and there's going to be some new problems. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to worry about. But I, I like the introduction of the scouters. Hell yeah. Um, I'll I'll actually, that's kind of ties into one of mine, so I'll bring that one in now, is Frieza in general in this movie, and specifically the performance of Chris Ayers, the dub actor for this movie. Chris Ayers, rest in peace. Oh, this was his, oh, he did that? Okay. 
Yeah, this was the last thing he did. And I read something the other day where like the sessions for this voiceover, like this performance of this movie, because, you know, he had to have like a double lung transplant, like super COPD. I, I'm sure I'm like understating his diagnosis right now, but long and the shortest, he was always on oxygen. So he'd have to go to his performances or, you know, recording sessions with like three big tanks of oxygen. And he'd like have to sit there with his oxygen, take it off. He'd be able to do like three, four minutes worth of, you know, Frieza delivery takes and read the script through. And a lot of things are very fast in Frieza's cadence in this. And mm-hmm. that's what I thought of today while I was watching some of these clips. Cause I didn't know about the oxygen thing and like how bad it was really. I just knew it was, you know, not good. Um, so the fact that he overcame that for the kind of performance that he puts in in this movie, Frieza is so fucking funny in this movie, man. He's like legit the MVP. He holds off Broly for a goddamn hour. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. He, he stood, he stood there. He survived. <laughs> he absorbed an ass whooping for an hour. <laughs> but yeah, Frieza was, he literally carried this movie from like, Really, he was the driver. The the most he literally picked up Broly. He took and the whole thing. The whole conflict was him wanting to make this wish. Like he was the main. This really could have been a Frieza movie. (laughs) Like if you think about it. All right, honestly, pause on that because I learned something else the other day that I didn't know, Uh, and it makes me kind of think about the Frieza movie comment that you just made. Okay, when Toriyama wrote this movie, he turned in a script that his editors said. This is two movies, dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, we we, can, we cut the shit in half, okay? <laughs> so we cut it in half, and that's the story that we get here with Broly, right? Mm. So think about what's happened since, right? I believe Moro happens before Broly, or is it after Broly? I, th- I thought it was after. It's after. I would think after because think this is after. this come after. The this is after. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, the other thing that happens too is the granola arc. And the granola arc, in a lot of ways, is all driven by Frieza, even though he's not really there for pretty much any of it. He's like the motivations for pretty much all the characters, short of Goku and Vegeta, who like know him. So it kind of worked out for them that they were involved, right? The idea that maybe Toriyama had like two Frieza stories or like two movies worth of Frieza stories uh, for his first script. I'm wondering if like the Black Frieza stuff is going to be like the first half of Toriyama's original movie was like, we're going to make Gogeta canon and Broly's going to fight Gogeta. And then maybe they'll become friends and they'll train. And then Frieza goes and finds the hyperbolic time chamber and he gets 10 years stronger and he has this new form. And then they all have to fight him together. Like maybe that was his whole vision of it. You know what I mean? And now mm-hmm. it's been had to be parsed out over a couple of arcs. Like the moral arc, the granola arc are kind of like placeholders for it. But and then superhero, I was like, what the fuck, dude? Maybe after superhero, though, you know, we'll get some more uh, into the Frieza stuff and see how Broly, Vegeta, Goku kind of meet up again. My point is, this movie got me excited for the idea of what Frieza's future is going to be. Because I hope it can't it can't be forever. Like, dude's on borrowed time now. Like, we have to kill him now, right? Or do we not have to know. kill him? He's, he kept us alive. I say us like I'm Goku and Vegeta. He kept Goku and Vegeta alive, man. Like... Uh, Kyle, I thought you I yeah. thought you were Goku. I thought you were Goku, Kyle. I in my I've heart, assumed. in my heart, I am. In my brain, I'm Vegeta, though. So it's a very complicated. You're Gogeta. You're the perfect Gogeta. I'm more of a Vegeta. I'm more of a Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> but see, like, I think what's gonna happen with Frieza character is that Frieza is not. I think they're they're gonna take some of like 
his evil thing, evil ways away from him. I don't think they'd get rid of Frieza. Cause I think Frieza is such an interesting character that yeah. you can down there throw him in whenever and he can move the plot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he's one of the funniest anime villains ever. <laughs> just some of the just dialogue and the way it's delivered. You just be like, this is amazing. Like, I'm surprised that uh, Chris Aries has to, maybe he has, I don't know, but I, if he hasn't won an award for his, um, performances he definitely should because he I, killed it i could be wrong but i believe he posts humorously that's when you win an award after you die i think right i think he might have won an anime something award after he died for that performance i could be wrong i could be wrong I, i'm sorry if i'm fucking speaking on a turn here but uh yo frieza in general i think we all agree frieza's the one mm-hmm. you he's a good villain and me <laughs> i'm gonna let you do uh number two kyle start off with you Okay, uh, I kind of talked about Shintani. I've said most of that, but I'll tell you what thing. One thing, man, when the Broly movie got announced, I kind of was pissed because I'm like, dude, we've already got three Broly movies. Like, I don't care that you're making him canon. This is stupid. But then they redid him in a cool way. So, um, one thing I thought to myself though was, this is good because, like, I was trying to give myself reasons to get hyped for it. I was like, Vegeta's gonna fight him this time. Vegeta's gonna fight him this time. Cause in the first Broly movie, man, like the one time Vegeta and Broly are within like earshot of each other in original Dragon Ball Z, Vegeta just cowers and fucking cries into the ground. Okay? It sucks. It sucks as a Vegeta fan to watch the man just like lose his face. Like he has like all these weird perceptions of his fucking, uh, origins and mythos of his planet shattered because he's like, it was a myth. It's like, bitch, you've been, hey, you are a Super Saiyan. Like, what? Broly, first Broly movie in Vegeta's whole attitude pisses me off, man, to no goddamn end. However, I figured they had to give him redemption in this new version of Broly, right? And the fight with Broly and Vegeta does not disappoint, man. I got to rewatch that today. It's so beautifully choreographed. It's so fucking nice. It's so clean. Some of the moves Vegeta does speak to Vegeta's personality so well because he's just <laughs> such a cocky dickhead. He's just like doing back handsprings and shit, kicking people in the chin with double boots. Like he he catches Broly's fist at one moment. I just posted it up on the Super Dope Instagram on my story because it was so cool. I had to screen record it. I need it on my phone so I can watch it every once in a while. He just catches a fist from Broly, kind of smiles and then just punches Broly and he goes and he- flying through like 65 ice mountains. <laughs> And it's it's like some Looney Tune shit at that point, but it's so cool, it's so beautiful. The fight with Broly and uh, go, excuse me, the fight with Broly and Vegeta in this movie is one of my favorite things about it. Also, Super Saiyan God Vegeta in the red hair, first time we saw it on screen. Uh, I mean, first time we saw it at all, really. So, oh, that's not true. Manga, he had it in the manga during the Zamasu arc, but first time we got to see it animated. Whoo! Vegeta rocks the Super Saiyan God better than the Goku. Like, oh yeah, he does. I, the blue fits Goku. The God fits Vegeta. You know why though? They don't. They don't slim Vegeta down when he hits his God form in this movie. He's he's basically still Super Saiyan physique with the red hair. When you watch Goku in his God form, he gets he all slim and shit. He looks stupid as hell. He's like a fucking Pokemon. Red like hair. He kind of gets you like younger type shit. That's kind of funny. Yeah, right. But I think it's probably be, on his face. It's kind of like I think it's probably because they probably achieved it in two different ways. Because what Goku got it from the ritual, we don't know how Vegeta got it. He probably just got it from this 
determination. Because that's just the type. And I like that that fight which you're talking about with Vegeta because it's just that whole moment. He's basically kind of just talked out to Broly that whole fight. Like, oh, oh, you're getting stronger. But every time he like gets stronger, he like transforms to a different form and shit. So I'm just saying like, oh, he's man. learning as he fights. Yo, <laughs> my two favorite things about that fight is how it starts, man. There's two moments in like the first 10 seconds. Broly charges Vegeta. He does the cross arms. And Vegeta just smiles for a second. He's like, all right, cool. I'm about to fuck this guy up. And then like, Two seconds later, he still has his jacket on. He, like, grabs it right here and flips it off all in one motion. And I'm like, dude, you're so fucking cool, Vegeta. This is why I'm a Vegeta fan. You know why I think he was happy? It's because Broly started to fight with him. And he didn't go for Goku. <laughs> and that's, and that, and that, and I yeah. think that's one of the things that probably made him happy. Because most people probably would have went for Goku. And I think, because most, cause most of the time, you probably scale up your opponent. Like, who's the most powerful? So probably in that moment he was like, okay, he probably deemed me the more power, the more powerful. One. Oh, interesting thought, bro. Here's the thing: they're wearing those dumbass winter jackets, right? Goku's is blue. Usually he's a clown in orange, bright colors, you know, attract you. He's got a regular blue on, right? Vegeta, however, got a bright green. What does Broly wear around his uh, his waist throughout the movie? That oh. green motherfucker's ear. I wonder if he's like, I see that bright green, and it reminds me of that thing that I had the my dad shot the ear off or whatever the hell happened. Wonder if that's why he charged Vegeta. But either way, you're right though. That's that's probably is why Vegeta smiled. He's like, yeah, that's right. He knows I'm the real power here. He's <laughs> the clown, bro. And, and I could hear um, Vegeta thinking that, and then being like, yeah, fuck that clown. <laughs> like, what? Goku didn't even say anything. Hell yeah, dude. But my number two is basically what we've been saying all this whole episode is. I actually picked Goku movements in here, but I told y'all earlier I like the Vegeta movements, but Goku movements, just when they just had him just rocking back and forth, getting ready to fight, beautiful. Like, whoever did that motion right there, I will be talking shit to everybody. I'm like, if y'all can't get it as crisp as this, y'all don't even need to be on this project right here, because, man, I just edit this shit out of this right here. Because just Goku movements, the way they were transforming, I like the... um. When Vegeta transformed, it was like into a sand form. His hair turned green first, then it turned yellow. I was like, bro, this is so lit. Like, I don't know why that was lit to me per se, but that just looked so lit. I like the colors they used and everything. Animation top tier. I loved the, the fight. I feel like they brought in the real specialists for this movie. They was like, fuck whoever was doing the um, Dragon Ball Super. Fuck them. We bringing in the real, the real OGs. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. Like Shinzani started working on the second, like the second half of Dragon Ball Super, his animation picks up quite a bit, and then like halfway through that second half of the run, so 130 episodes, like after episode 60, 70, let's say, style changes a little bit. They had two new co-producers on it, and one of them was the hero Shinzani. And then he spun off to go fucking look at the uh, work on the movie. I think I might be wrong there. I I did he come up. back for like the? Um, he came back for a few episodes and um, the turn of art because I know he, he did worked between like one twenty six and one thirty one because those episodes, all of them, whew, brilliant man. Yeah, because he he know what he's doing. I don't know hey. who he is or what he do, but that man needs to go into every meeting like he the shit. Like I know, I know what animation is, and I know what we going for. 
Yeah, I mean, he's done a million things, too. Like, he's done a bunch of shit for One Piece as well. Like, he's one of the oh, most okay. prolific, like, animators of all time. And, like, animation leads. And what, I'm not even sure what his real title is, but he's, like, one of the most prolific guys to fucking do it. So him doing this movie was a big deal, man. And he still works for Dragon Ball. He also works on a million other properties, but... Um, he's still involved in the Dragon Ball plan of the animation going forward, but we'll see what that ends up being, I guess. What about you, Hayden? Uh, you guys talked about it earlier was all the animation stuff. <laughs> I, I am not a big person when it comes down to animation. Like I'll hear people gripe about they don't, the a- Amazon will take the Berserk animals on anime. People won't watch it because they hate the style of it. Stuff like that. I've never really cared for it. Super Broly made me care for the animation. You talk about Vegeta turning green when he went Super Saiyan. Then you had Goku who had the UI colors whenever he was transforming too. As all that, the color flows really well in this. You have like later on where Gogeta Broly fight. All the colors, just the atmosphere of it all is done in such an incredible way that me, someone who couldn't give two shits about animation, loved it to the point that I, I, I watch it for more of the animation, like the fights. I love the fights. Kyle talked about the choreography of the fighting. I love that. Literally, just all the colors are amazing. It, it makes my, it makes my <laughs> child brain go woo. Yeah. Color palette for this movie is nice. It's a little bit brighter than most Dragon Ball oh, yeah. stuff. And then like the later, like the latter half of the final fight where it is Gogeta versus Broly, where the dimensions and all the animation, the 3D effects and all that is just on such a level that I literally love it. I've seen that girl, jo- go- Gogeta Broly fight more times than I've probably seen the movie's length. And that's ridiculous. But yeah. I love it that much. Yeah, I feel like I've seen the more of the fights than the movie <laughs> altogether. Probably the same for me. I, when it first dropped, I mean, like in Japan, like it was one of those times where it was like scrambling around to try to find a leak online immediately. First time I watched this movie, it was out of the fucking front pocket of a man in Japan, like recording it on his iPhone or whatever. And he uploaded it to the internet and I watched shit out of it for like three days before I got a better version and watched that one. And then I went to the theater and saw it in dub twice to support the franchise. So don't nobody fucking come at me. Because people do that because people suck. Anyway, I forgot how I got here. <laughs> oh, my point is, I'm due for a rewatch. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I have watched clips from, <laughs> I have watched clips of the fights. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, I'm long ass, however long, okay? My brain is like on fumes. I feel you on that one. I need to finish it because I've um watched most, most of it. I watched, I didn't really watch some of the beginning, I kind of skipped to when they were fighting to the end. So I kind of need to watch the beginning again, get more of that like history. But see, like I already know the history of Dragon Ball because you know what's so funny is I did a, a um a Jeopardy game on another podcast and I literally won because no Dragon Ball question got past me. <laughs> I was That's like, sick. So wait a minute, tell me, it was some what podcast was it? Was it Josh's podcast? Hmm. Oh, dude. Oh, and I couldn't make it that day. He invited me to do it, and I couldn't make it. That stinks, because I was thinking about doing a... I forgot he did that, honestly. I forgot he invited me to it. I was thinking about doing a Dragon Ball Jeopardy episode. I popped it into YouTube a few weeks ago, and me and Feds... Shout out, Feds. What's up, Feds? Me and Feds uh, watched, like, three or four Dragon Ball Jeopardy things on YouTube, and I fucking murdered it, dude. Like, I knew almost everything it was ridiculous and like i guess it's really easy to set up a jeopardy game like through some jeopardy website so we should do something like that sometime hayden you're invited because i need three contestants and i don't think i can compete 
I'm going to lose, but okay. No, man, Dokkan's a really good way to be familiar with the franchise. You probably know names of characters that I don't fucking know. Do you know all of Bojack's gang? Zangya, Bojack, Kuja, We got Bujin, Gokua, yeah. That's what I'm saying, dog. You would have just beat me in a thing, man. <laughs> you would have got me. Gokua. That's what fucks me up, because his name is Gokua. And it's like, we already have a Goku. It's literally the main character. You add an A at the end. Oh my god, Bujin. Yeah. That's the other one too. We have a Majin Boo. You're gonna give me a Bujin? I realized yeah. Bujin came first, but like what the hell, man? <sighs> Beto, that's the other one's name. The Beto? Mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bojax. is he the one with the little tuft of orange hair? Yeah, the like the goatee. Yeah, he's a ginger, right? They're all gingers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Fucking Bojack's a weird movie, man. Goku like comes back from outer space hell that punches bully his boy's bully in the face. I will I will actually defend this. I went back and recently rewatched it. I think Bojack's one of my top three movies. I love. Is that the Bojack. one where they in the mall? That's what the, the Bojack's the one where they have like the big world tournament fighting. Oh, kind the of tournament thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. go into different areas, and it's like the Jim Piccolo leave. He left early because he didn't want to do that shit. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, Trunks fights uh, Krillin, who's I think is more or less in love with eighteen. Starts flirting with Zangya, which is you know scandalous, but you know it's Krillin. I don't I care. About Krillin always shoots his shot, dude. Like Krillin is like something. <laughs> there you go for some badass women. And you know what? More than often, he comes, uh, dude. Let's he think he about got it. one of the baddest females. Yeah, and what's he had that? one. And then what's her name was bad. What's too? The other girl's name Marin, right? With the yeah. big ass that he named his daughter after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. That's a weird pick, huh? That's interesting. I'm surprised. Yo, that's some Adam Levine shit, dude. Oh, yeah, he did. did Adam Levine cheated on his wife with some girl, or, like, tried to, I guess. I don't know if he actually did. And then he named his newborn daughter that girl that he cheated with's name. That's basically the same shit Krillin did. Do you think Adam Levine likes Dragon Ball Z? Do you think he'd come on my Dragon Ball Z podcast? God, if he'll come on yours, he needs to come on mine. Shut the hell up. You don't play Dokkan. <laughs> you don't know that. What if he doesn't know anything about Dragon Ball? It's like, ooh, Candy Crush. And he thought this whole time that Dokkan was Candy Crush. <laughs> Good one, dude. Anyway, funny. sorry I just derailed us. I've had a long day. Um, Want to go ahead and start our third one? What is your last favorite moment, Kyle? Yeah, so honestly, I wrote down number three. It's animation, not Hiro Shintani, like the style overall. Not going to have that be my answer because we've talked about it a ton already. Another thing I really liked about this movie, uh, and I kind of forgot how much I liked them, is uh, Limo and Chi-Li's characters and like what they uh, become to Broly and how they kind of interact and you know yeah. how they defect from the Frieza Force. I think it's kind of interesting to see like two defected Frieza Force members become... I don't want to say relevant members to the cast, but like at least recurring members when it comes to Broly. Like they weren't superhero. Beerus has a crush on Chila's uh, big green ass, so I assume we'll see them more often. Um, I hope so. God, yeah. I hope so. Could you imagine a fight between Broly and Beerus? And Beer- because Broly's like, wait, she's mine. Yeah, uh, I just have a, tough time in, <laughs> have a tough time envisioning that, like, uh, that romantic nonsense coming into Dragon Ball in earnest. Like, I know they're kind of playing with it right now with the whole My Trunks thing in the manga, but if Beerus and Broly go at it over some big green ass, like, don't get me wrong, I'll read it the second it drops. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be kind of weird, you know? <laughs> it would be, it'll be interesting to see Beerus get pushed to fight for that specific reason, but 
I don't see Broly winning. Like, like if he can't beat Goku and Vegeta, Broly, he'd be lucky if he just don't get a Hakai. Like, That's like, true, but like, keep in mind, he beat Goku and Vegeta more or less, and then got his ass whooped by Gogeta. Okay, I Gogeta. Who knows what he could have done, dude? It's because his level just kept rising as he fought, man. But it looked like he did like have limits, though, because it's like he had, it seemed like he was falling out in that last bit of the movie. But was that your last one? That was your last light? Yeah, dude. She lies whole vibe. Like she's kind of a bitch, and she's kind of like. Uh, you but know, they was really feeling when Broly was outspoken. fighting. It's like, how could they let him do that? I just like that she's outspoken. She don't take no shit. All right, maybe bitch is the wrong word. Also, there's that other moment where. She kind of like explains to Broly the whole concept of uh like what water is or whatever, and like she just you get to learn more about Broly through Sheila's questions and like being weirded out by him. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the movie, where like he snaps off the uh the Vampa creature's leg and like takes the orange stuff out of it, and she's like, "What the?" Heck? And like they have to eat it now. We live here, I guess, before Goku <laughs> brings them food. Thankfully, like. I don't know. She just serves an interesting function to me and the limo too. Like he's kind of funny, but, uh, I like her character that she's, she's outspoken, but also is like a foil to Broly and helps us get to know him more, which is good because he doesn't really have much to say, you know? Yeah. What about you, Hayden? Um, I'm going to go. I feel like it's very generic, but the Gogeta aspect, Gogeta coming in to Dragon Ball as yeah. a canon. I. I have a big Gogeta fan. Like I prefer, like it's go, like he's one of my little top, right? Like anime characters. I love Gogeta. Watching him come to the screen, playing around more and essentially fighting Broly than toying with Broly when he went blue was such a good, just so good to see. And it's so great to just kind of see that Goku and Vegeta are now slowly becoming more willing to probably fight with each other as time goes on because, you know, this enemy is super strong. How do we beat him? Fusion. You got, you know, Granola. How do we fight him? do this we fight him together i like the fact that they're now slowly because i think it was resurrection f they talked about we said if you two fought together you could be Mm -hmm. a near unstoppable force and i like that they're slowly leaning more towards that of them needing to fight with each other to fight these enemies that are you know getting to these ungodly like levels and gogeta was the first time they really they did it in a manga canon of it all and i love that it was you know gogeta cool stuff fun also watching him go blue and broly not lay a single hit on him and him just smacking him around like a bitch it was amazing i loved it yeah and i love how strong vegeta like i always say like when he acts like cocky and shit that's the vegeta side i just love how strong those instincts be coming out like you still kind of see it with go like gogeta's supposed to be like goku supposed to be the main personality but goku does some cocky shit sometimes too though like they're both i mean vegeta's like more cocky all like more consistently throughout the time but there's sometimes a goku straight up disrespectful in battle like he's a cocky asshole too yeah, I guess you could just say that. That's all until they say in nature. But I, I, I fuck with Gogeta too. I liked it. I, wasn't was it Gogeta that was in the um Frieza? Oh no, the fu- the future Fusion Reborn. Not Fusion Reborn. I'm talking about the Trunks arc. And that was Vegito. That was Vegito. Oh yeah, I actually yeah. might be a Vegito fan. <laughs> I might be more of a Vegito fan because I love. I just love Vegito. Fusion the thing that, cool, but Gogeta's fine. Yeah, I mean, Gogeta's cool. Uh, that movie back then, Fusion Reborn with Geneva, is one of the more visually interesting Dragon Ball Z movies by fucking far. Like, that whole weird-ass shape dimension mm-hmm. they fight in is cool as hell. Gogeta's there for, like, five minutes and the movie ends. But Vegito used to be my favorite, too. 
because I always was very like interested in the idea of like, you know, what if those two were fused together and they could never unfuse? Because that's what Vegito was in the Majin Buu arc. And then they totally undid it in the fucking Zamasu arc, uh, Goku Black arc. And ever since then, I'm like a little, I still like when Vegito shows up. Like even you see him in like Dragon Ball Heroes or some shit. It's like, what's up, man? I fuck with you. I remember you. But also, I know that you too will like unfuse after 60 minutes. So you don't feel like as uh, dire uh, of a solution as you once seemed when it was like, yo, these two people are throwing their entire lives away to fuse into this one being to save the fate of the earth. That's some deep shit. Now it's like, who cares? It'll be done in like an hour. It's like my lunch this, break. This is a side question for you, Kyle, because I feel like you're the only one that probably will know this. Do you know what has to happen for which transformation to take place? The Metamorian fusion dance is for Gogeta, and then the Patara earrings are for Vegito. So you get the earrings of the Kai's and put them on, and that's what fuses Vegito. Metamorian fusion dance, you know, the one from this movie. Uh, and originally in Dragon Ball Z, like, it was supposed to be permanent, and then they, you know, the headcanon of a lot of fans, and I think more or less an accepted answer is that they could get dissolved by Majin Buu, like, in the side mm-hmm. of stomach by his magic or whatever, but just turns out old guy's a fucking idiot and didn't know the real rules. But see, he, it's, it's weird because he's still fused himself, so it's kind of weird. But, um, what I was about to say, based on what you're saying, that means Vegito was stronger. Um, I think some people would say that Vegito's stronger, but Toriyama's been quoted multiple times as saying they're equal. Mm-hmm. Mm. I've been in big arguments over that. Hey, it's the same thing as before we clicked record about power scaling. Yeah. Oh. Does it really matter? No. <laughs> Does the you, Super Saiyan multipliers, are those really things? No. What? They are my heart. Because cause we know that the, um, the Patar earrings give you a higher multiplier so you would think higher multiplier i literally just said 15 seconds ago that those multipliers aren't real i'm just telling you never stated that they have a higher multiplier we never know the multipliers of them they're not real some fucking asshole in 1996 made them up on a geocities website (laughs) we've all been quoting them kind of fucking at the same rates ever since and it's annoying that people have made entire youtube careers out of it okay i know I've tried arguing with them, and it'll be like, and it's one of the best ones is death of the author fallacy is something they've come up with. I don't know what that. that means. Explain. Okay, so we'll take the Gogeta and Vegito argument as the prime example because you guys are more Dragon Ball fans. So basically, it's saying that something that was stated by the uh, by the creator of it, he proved wrong his own thing. So let's say if he says Gogeta is stronger than Vegito, and then he puts Gogeta against say Beerus, and he loses to Beerus. Then Vegito fights Beerus and wins, even though he said Gogito is a stronger fusion. That's death of the author fallacy. He contradicts himself in what he what has actually been said. Got it, got it, got it. And and so like the, power scalers will use shit like that in order to make their arguments all the time. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, exactly. It's, it's, it's all about debating. That's all it is. Exactly. If you have that energy to debate, and re- I just like listening to them because like, some of these edge lords are serious. Like, they are They're a cancer in our goddamn community, man. I've been saying it for literally years. Like some the of these work. people, huh? The worst one I'll say is the who's stronger, Kid Boo or Buhan. Is somehow the is the biggest You're argument right. I've actually seen. Yeah, I and, see it all the time. It's I see it like once a week. No, and that's not he, a joke, you know why it's such a he, uh, a heavy thing is because Kid Boo comes after Gohan. But yeah. if if you really think about it, and then, Buhan should be stronger. Oh, he absolutely is. And then you have that Super Saiyan three Goku is stronger than Ultimate Gohan or the Mystic <laughs> Gohan. 
It's really not Ooh, hard. That's an interesting one. <laughs> and then it because even, Super Saiyan three looks like it gets more hits off of him, even though Gohan was stronger than regular Boo. So, uh. And then you have the worst one, which I've seen, is that Super Saiyan three Goku is stronger than Vegito. Is the biggest argument I've actually seen in the Majin Buu arc. And they, like, there's a guy. I'm like, I don't, I can't remember his name on TikTok. He's like the anime debater, is what it is. He'll literally be like, no, Vegito is, is weaker than Super Saiyan Three Goku because Super Saiyan Three Goku hit Buu, and Buu was not able to be touched by this thing and all those kind of things. It's, anime scalers uh, are stupid. Nah. I'm going to help everybody <laughs> listening to this understand how power scaling works. Okay, the character that is as strong as he is is only that strong because. The plot demands it. That's it. That's fucking all. I don't give a fuck. Like, if Super Saiyan 3 Goku comes up against fucking Kid Goten at some point in the trunk, in the, excuse me, in the Majin Buu arc, for whatever reason, they have to fight. If to progress the plot, we need Goten to win that fucking fight. You know Goten's getting a lucky fucking uppercut in on his dad in Super Saiyan 3 form. Yeah. That's obviously the most extreme example that I could ever possibly think of, but it's only done as a way to illustrate the point that these characters are only as strong as the plot needs them to be. And anybody who's trying to do math on this shit is literally wasting their goddamn breath and life. Like a gag and character. Life. Think of like a gag character. Gag characters are as strong as they need to be to do whatever it is they want to do. Episode, uh, what, 69 or 70 of yeah. Super or Raleigh? Yeah. One of the greatest Dragon Ball Super episodes. Somehow it's debated in this fucking community like it's a real thing. <laughs> it is to the, these no-lifers that don't, that don't do anything. Yep. They're doing they're doing the whole not doing anything way better than we are to be fair, but also like, oh my god, I just I can't I can't I'm old I get it, but like also get a fucking life, dog. Ugh. All right, sorry, right, go ahead. All right, for my last favorite thing, I was gonna basically bring up one of the funniest moments in the whole movie. I'm surprised nobody said anything about it, but I think Wrong. somebody mentioned it Tragedy earlier. Happened. A straight beam hit your father. <laughs> that acting moment from Frieza is one of the best moments ever. Cause like, uh, just see him go through the whole motions. Like, oh, he's losing. How do Saiyans get stronger? Okay, bang! <laughs> he just goes into this whole thing. Rolling gets stronger. Gold start going after them. But what my added on to this is the fact that they were getting their asses beat, and they were like, "Fuck this!" Teleported. Right, and then Broly just goes after Frieza, and you just see Frieza's like trying to talk down to him, and then when they come back, he's like just getting demolished. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? He's basically like, what you gonna do? And my golden form turns into the golden form, and it's like, you need stop whipping this out, okay? This is they didn't help you against Jiren, they didn't help you against Broly. I mean, Beerus, let's get rid of this. But that is my favorite moments. Frieza's acting phenomenal. Frieza getting his ass whooped. Phenomenal. One of the two best parts of this whole movie, if you wanted to take out the fighting. Those were one of the, the second mm-hmm. two best moments. Oscar worthy. Truly Oscar worthy. Now, moving on to our dislikes. We only have one dislike. My, I'm going to go first for this one. The thing I disliked about this movie is going to be The Wish. I hated the motivation of why Frieza wanted to do, even went to Earth, caused all this bullshit. It's like, are you seriously? Hilarious, dude. What the hell? It's it's like, uh, yeah, it's a funny thing, but it's still like, 
out of all the things you can wish for, you just seen the Super Dragon Balls. You're not going after them. Like, come on, you should be trying to make wishes to be the the emperor or some That's shit. That's how confident like, he is in himself. He doesn't need that shit. However, his own body, uh, the anatomy that he's been blessed with by the good Lord, he doesn't have control over that man. Just you know, let I, him do his thing. I think he should be. I mean, they made him a robot body. I feel like they could do something. <laughs> that's, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> like, they should be able to do something with Frieza. And he can change his forms, too. He can alter his shape. So you think he'd be able to control doing that. So I, want, I want to be Tala. And he goes and just sits in a room for a week, comes out, Lord Frieza, you're taller. That was a great point, Hayden. <laughs> he can change his size. He got like 10 different forms. But now he just stays in the the main form because he's not falling for that. You gonna kill me in my weakest form no more? <laughs> I give him that. <laughs> True. He just stays fucking ready. Stays ready. I would, especially with all the type of um problems you be having to go through. But I just thought he'd have a more evil wish. It just to me it seemed like if Goku or Vegeta found out what he was going to wish for, I don't feel like they would have stopped him. Like, 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 if they would have like, oh, this is what a grow taller. Like, oh, I feel like in their okay. head, like, he want domination of the world type of shit. Like, he, he should have found the two Dragon Balls from the Granola arc to see what would happen, the downside of that wish. That would have been interesting. Are there like downsides that. to those wishes? Like, Scout. I know they said there were at some point, but. It's something stupid. Like, you you lose, like, the tip of your tail. Like, those two inches come from your tail, and they have a two, your tail's two inches shorter for the however tall you are. I mean, they did have some type of consequence. I mean, gas turned to a mommy by the end yeah. of the fight. I mean, mostly for granola. Like, I know they said that he burned a bunch of time oh. off, but the way you handle granola is he burns himself out of time while fighting gas and saving the day and getting his revenge all in one fell swoop. The granola arc is such a fucking, it's they not just a good wanted arc. to show Frieza. That's not a good was. arc. Like, not know. a good arc. But they needed Frieza to bail them the fuck out of a shit arc, dude. And it'd make everyone go, yo, what the fuck just happened? Like, that's what everyone's going to think about from the granola arc years from now. They're not going to be like, yeah, that's the one where granola and Vegeta fought that dude like every other chapter for fucking two years straight. They're not going to think that. They're going to think, that's right. Black Frieza. Cool. <laughs> the Heat again? Who are they? Black Frieza, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, what what moment did you dislike, Kyle? Um, I don't know if it's a moment. So I kind of have two things, only because the first thing is not really a moment. It's more of a comment on uh, the weak-ass theme song for this movie. Mm-hmm. Blizzard by, uh, I wrote it down, uh, Daichi Moira. Moira, I don't know if I say that you right. You just now. heard Hayden with that comment. That's like the that that and Hero, the flow from the Battle of Gods are like deep on my work. Flow is level. excellent. Flo, he wakes up to that song. He does, I, don't you? Flow is an excellent song. The Blizzard song, man, it starts out okay. It's got a good groove. It's got a cool groove. The you problem set with my camera even, Kyle. Oh, I'm bad, man. The problem with it for me personally is like I know that it busts into a chorus and it means to be big, but it's not big. It's a weak song for a Dragon Ball movie, especially after Flow and then uh the one that was in Revival of F. Um F. The Frieza movie. Just yeah, F. I forget the Maximone, the horm- Maximone, yeah. the hormone. Is that what their band is called? I'm trying. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's, it's something a, like that. Yeah, I think it's like Maximone. It's the same the band that did season two of Death Note's opening song, which is a not a great song, but yeah, that's the song know. I refer to as lots of fluffy red insecurities. Um, anyway, songs weak as hell. Don't like it. More or less, though, my big problem, and it's not even really a problem. It's kind of like they saved it. 
Well, they announced it and they just told me that they were going to recycle Broly. They were going to make, you know, recycle Gogeta, make them canon. I was just like, dude, whatever. I've seen this before. Why can't we get something new, you know? But they genuinely did Broly in such a better way in this movie and have made him part of the plot going forward instead of just using him as a one-off, you know, movie villain. And uh, I love what that character's growing to be. And I love the reset this movie gave him. So even though I kind of hate the idea of like, yo, let's stop recycling stuff. We've done Frieza again. We've done Broly again. We've now done Cell and Androids again. Um, that means Boo's next. I mean, Boo's still on the team. He's just not going to fucking happen, you know? Oob! That's right. Oob! Oob will be evil for a chapter. That'd be interesting. Oob's like eight years old, man. Who's it, what's he going to be evil about? I don't know. Mommy took my sucker from me. I don't know what to do. Do you know where he lives? He lives in poverty. That's enough to be angry about. <laughs> All right, that, dude. That, I honestly just... sucker and his mom takes it away, that'll make it even worse. He lives in poverty. For a second, right, I thought you were going to say, do you know where he lives? He lives in India or... <laughs> Did you guys see that meme over the week? I have not. No? One of my favorite content creators, Shishako Nameless, uh, put out a meme about Oob that said... Uh, believe it or not, Oob is Indian and not African American or black or African is probably the way to say it. Believe it or not, Oob is Indian and not black. And everyone literally looked at it and was like, yeah, no shit. Like, who, who didn't think that, man? Like, nobody's ever, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, did you ever think that Oob was just a regular black guy or? I didn't did think you? he was a black guy. He comes from like a sand village. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Every, I mean, you know, could have been expressed in better terms, but you know what, dude? The same idea. <laughs> this is beautiful. Okay. I don't know why the fuck that kid put out that meme. He got roasted like a motherfucker for it. And that's after some other blunders, uh, in regards to naming new characters. I would, I would be like, I would think we consider him more middle is Eastern in my, like, that's what I would think. Yeah. So. I was from a poor Indian village. Um, yeah, I don't know. I we're, think that everybody did they dislikes, didn't they? Yeah, Hayden. Did you do yours, Hayden? I haven't no. yet. Oh, Hayden's going to round us out. Hayden's going to land the plane, dog. Watch this. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to contradict myself because I love Broly, but Broly is my biggest dislike of this movie. What? Woo! He's autistic? I, no, because he's nicer. He likes to chat. No, no. Oh, Broly, hey, that deep breath. I, and, yo, and you, you a Kentucky Dragon Ball fan? <laughs> I'm an Oki Dragon Ball fan. Thank you. Yeah, Oklahoma Dragon Ball fan? Is that what we yeah. call him now? I'm weak. <laughs> but, <laughs> But it's not that. I, I Okay, when it comes down to it, it's a whole different thing. I like how the personality of Super Saiyan Broly, but that's what I'm going after. I hate how strong Broly is. For the beginning of the movie, the fact that he's, what, what was the power, like 40,000? Wasn't that what it was? I think something around there. It wasn't a super high number. And he comes in, and he's fighting Vegeta, Vegeta's in base form, and I grant, I grant to a point he's going to get stronger. Super Saiyan, I think, should have been more or less the max of it, because Kyle's 50 times multipliers he loves so much. Those are made up, Hayden. Person <laughs> from your memory. <laughs> but I lie. I, I'm not a big fan of the fact of he was literally, you know, if Goku and Vegeta wanted to, they could one shot him to the point they are in Gogeta blue in order to beat him. That level of power of me is my own weird little creator. I like writing stuff. I like making stuff. I do not like characters that are just, you know, Orange Piccolo. I hate Orange Piccolo, where he gets his Chad form. I hate that because it's just out of nowhere, that kind of power. Where does power come from? Boom, he's gone. I do not like the fact that Broly, though he was progressing, you know what, we'll say the Akari form, the grade 8 in base form. 
I think should have been an actual max, and that should have been probably where it was with the Blues fighting it, and that's where they end in blue, not Gogeta. Despite liking Gogeta, I wish he didn't go Super Saiyan. I wish Broly had kept to that rage form as his own thing as opposed to, well, he's Super Saiyan now, because, you know, where? how would that actually work if that the, of all the stuff multiplying... Sorry, Kyle, to make him strong enough that they need to fuse in order to fight. That's my big thing. I do not like Broly's overall power he has in the movie. Despite that him. is very interesting question, especially coming from the first Broly movie where he only was able to basically power up to their Saiyan forms. To this movie, he's powering yeah, up to their yeah. blue form. So, I, I mean, mean, the first Broly I, movie came out in like 1991. Kyle, like, why I mean, are you interrupting me? Like, goddamn, <laughs> I can't get a damn sense off. Interrupting me, I'm just saying, dude. You like said shit. something that like had to be fucking very easily debunked. So, well, it's know, not being just debunked. think about the words before they leave your mouth next time. No, I'm just answering what he said about the power, and I'm talking about from the first. Bro, movie. I just want to be involved in the conversation. Uh, <laughs> and then in this Broly movie, you have him basically going up to their their newest forms. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can think uh, based on that is that the um, Broly's just great at adapting just like Goku and Vegeta and he's able to keep progressing his power so uh, what I'm thinking is basically he had a whole bunch of untapped power or whatever that green fucking dog rabbit whatever the fuck that thing was maybe that thing was strong as shit maybe we need to figure out how strong that thing was and they fucking trained Broly to one thing I think is more interesting is how the fuck did Broly even know all those techniques (laughs) <laughs> like, like all those techniques he fight with. Well, I guess he did train with his dad, but his mm-hmm. dad's like a, a a a low warrior, a low a low class Saiyan. I feel like a like one of those like uppity Saiyans being like that low class warrior. But yeah, how the fuck is he able to keep up with these people? But you know, they Vegeta really made it make sense when he was fighting him when he's basically saying, "Oh, you're growing more powerful and you're learning while you fight." I, I know. But it, I, I, that's why I said the where he had like the grade eight. I think should have been at the max of it because you know that's what he can do. Yeah, and it's all of what the, the super saiyan that got added on top to whatever it was. What did it get added on top of? Is where my thing goes to because technically he shouldn't have been as strong as he was. I love him. I love Broly to death. It was cool to watch him do all that. But I just, I just, I personally cannot find any justification to have him be. Compared to Goku, comparing him to Beerus, when the, at the beginning of the movie he could have been beaten by probably maybe Namek Saga, Saiyan Saga on a rough day. Yeah, I mean if they if if Goku and Vegeta actually did the hit to kill or you know to finish mm-hmm. you in one blow, yeah, they should have been able to blow kill him in one blow. But you know they're not the type of fighters no, to I do know. that. They're basically just like trying to. They just you know everybody know about them, but. Before we end today's episode, are there any other moments you guys want to talk about that we haven't talked about? The amazing songs. It's so good. I honestly don't listen to theme songs, so I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I hate to be honest with you. Because, like, when the movie ends in the movie theater, I'm gone. Like, I don't listen to it in the beginning. I guess I kind of have to in the movies because it's like I can't just go up to the screen and skip it. But when I watch that shit at home, Hell yeah, skip that shit. But um, I'm gonna say the thing was good. You just said I'm you don't vote. know it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Thank you, Rachel. This is why I listen to your okay. podcast more than the super dope. Well, fucking I, fighting words, quality versus quantity. <laughs> but you know, uh, I say that we put out like a similar amount of quantity. You have way more episodes than me. 
Yeah, no shit. I've been at it for way longer than you, but like the repu- the publishing frequency is pretty much in line. Two, three a month. Okay, two, three months. I, th- I thought you did every week. See? I try to, but like you know You've me, been man. Slacking. Oh, I'm just All right, this is done. You're done. <laughs> All right, okay. And with that, we end today's episode. I want to thank you guys. For listening, I want to thank any new listeners. If you're out there, please like and subscribe wherever you guys are listening. And also follow my guests today. We have Kyle and we also have Hayden. So before we end up logging off and closing off, I want to allow you guys to plug yourselves one more time. Let everybody know where they can find you. Hayden, you want to go? I just realized I didn't plug at the beginning. You can go find me at Dokken Wen on uh, Spotify and iTunes. It's D-O-K-K-A-N-W-H-E-N. Or if you get, I'm getting to the point, if you look me up on YouTube, you might be able to find it. If not, just find me on Spotify and iTunes at Dokken Wen. We talk about the hit, hit Dragon Ball game Dokken Battle, which I'm going to try and get Kyle in because that's some of some cool animations. <clears throat> you hear that, yeah. guys? His podcast is all about the Dragon Ball Z game, mobile mm-hmm. game. So let you guys know. One of the mobile games, because there's also the Legends. mobile game, Kyle. Oh, you're the right. It's what eight game. years now? Yeah, no, yeah, I know. I've been still on for a long it, time, man. Eight years. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is a really long time for that game to run. Yo, so is Xenoverse too. Like Xenoverse is dropping new DLC like this week or something, or <laughs> maybe it just dropped. I don't know. It's ridiculous yeah. how much content DLC that game has. Uh, I make a podcast called Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. If you listen to Rayshon's podcast, you might like my podcast because Rayshon's on it a lot. But also, I'm there, and I'm an angry Dragon Ball fan, and blah, 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 blah. So go check it out wherever you find podcasts. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, all the places where the podcast lives. Dragon Ball Super Dope. For sure. I'm going to have all their links listed below. But Kyle failed to mention that me and him also do another podcast that's called The Advice Pod. It should be coming back eventually. Don't have a date specifically, but you know it's coming back, guys. And I Actually, hope you guys are ready. Oh, were you about to give us a surprise spoiler right there? Or not a surprise spoiler. We literally talked about it. We talked about it when we made the plans to take a break. The show's coming back in March. I have two episodes that are released intermittently throughout the month of February to kind of get you ready. Because trust me, people are hitting me up being like, what the fuck, man? I missed that show, which is great to hear. But yeah, right. You knew this. Anyway, um, we start recording again. Pretty soon, we're going to stick to Mondays. So I found that out like two days ago. So that's news. Okay. Live on the show, breaking news. Woo! Vice Pod. There's also a link in the show notes for that, I presume. So go check it out if you want to hear me and Rayshon yell about a lot of weird non-anime related stuff. Rayshon gives great advice when he strays from the advice giving uh, habits that he has of like, Kicking babies and poisoning dogs. So I remember that. I've listened to some of it. I love. I love listening to it from time to time. <laughs> I remember that is what he said. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Show makes an impression is what I is what I'm hearing. So, or so does specifically Ray Sean. You're gonna cut their heads off and leave their heads in the house. What kind of crime is that? <laughs> but Kyle, you're on that show. I thought it was just the Ray Sean podcast. Anime, the Ray Sean. <laughs> oh wait, the Ray Sean advice anime podcast. Yeah. Advice by Rayshon. That's what I thought it was. Advice by Rayshon. I've been trying to get Rayshon to start a podcast called Rayshon's Rants, and he hasn't done it yet, but he went on a Rayshon rant the other day during a pre-show for Patreon, and it's like the funniest eight minutes of Rayshon consciousness. It's probably the longest I've ever let him talk without interrupting him, first of all. Second of all, (laughs) it's just a long diatribe about, like, A, his fear of flying, and also somehow his fear of mass stabbings. Like, 
<laughs> so it's, it's really crazy how that shit happens. If you guys want to listen to that rant, <laughs> you guys can go to Patreon on Dragon Ball Super Dope to listen to it. I don't know if it's out anywhere. I will have to listen to it again to see if I'll be oh, okay I with it. it. I clipped it. It's so fucking funny. It's so funny. I clipped it. I'll send it to you. Oh, you definitely got to send it to me. Oh, yeah. Because I, I forget half my rants. <laughs> it's honestly like such a stream of consciousness rant. You like turn like several times throughout the rant, but like you are consistent with your fear. It's so goddamn funny. But thanks for having me on, Ray. I appreciate you having Because I, I got the invite like twice a year, so this was nice. So my biannual RGAP appearance is nice. Yeah, sure. thanks for having me too. And with that, we end today's episode. I want to say peace. Don't be a butt cheek. Oh, <laughs> I did it this time. Oh.